Through the Keyhole is fueled by Vanessa House Beer Company, located in Automobile Alley at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City. Stop by the tap room and try the legendary 401k lager or the refreshing destination wedding cerveza with salt and lime. Vanessa House is always brewing something fun like the Pog Hard Seltzer or their sweet and tasty sours. Great beers for a hot Oklahoma summer as we march towards football season. Stop by the Vanessa House Tap Room at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City for good drinks and family-friendly good times. Kids and pets are welcome. Yes, I mentioned kids and pets in the same sentence. Vanessa House Beer Company, the best beer in Oklahoma City. Please drink responsibly. Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, co-host of Through the Keyhole, an Oklahoma Sooners fan podcast here. Big news uh, around Norman and uh, throughout college football, really, as the SEC's 2024 schedule dropped today. Uh, joined by my co-hosts, Matt Burton and uh, Brady Trantham here to uh, discuss what we saw for uh, OU's draw in 2024 um Peyton is not joining us tonight he has uh he's moonlighting with another outfit but uh we will uh make sure to haze him appropriately once he's back together with us but anyway um guys so here's here's what we got for OU in uh 2024 now we don't know exact dates here but uh OU has its uh traditional neutral site game with Texas and Dallas then the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide, Tennessee Volunteers, and South Carolina Gamecocks will be coming to Norman, while OU will travel to Auburn, Ole Miss, Mizzou, LS, uh, LSU. I believe that's the last one, right? Auburn, Ole Miss, yeah, LSU and Mizzou. Um, so, uh, you know, historically speaking, looking at past precedent, it's a tough schedule. There's really no way around that, but... Wanted to get uh, your overall thoughts first. Brady, what do you think? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, when you see the schedule and it's not somebody's prediction and it's um, it's not somebody's Photoshopped graphic um, and it's official, it's like, yeah, this is real. Um, <laughs> it's it's going to be tough. <laughs> um, now, I will say this with the, I guess, the um, the boring caveat. I'm really, really, really only concerned with 2023. I don't want to walk into the SEC with six wins. I don't want to walk into the SEC with our tail tucked between our legs. Um, again, uh, like just like oh, you, uh, um, oh, you did last year. So I want to win more games in 2023 and then walk into the SEC ready for Alabama and ready to go on the road to LSU <laughs> and Ole Miss and Auburn. So um, that to me is the important thing because if the, if the improvements that Brent Venables keeps talking about um, are made, everyone's going to be even more excited for Alabama to come to town or even more excited for um, a road trip um, at the Grove and Ole Miss. But I think just generally uh, philosophically, because um, this is a year away it's we have no idea who's going to be coaching some of these schools. We have no idea who's going to be playing at some of these schools. Hell, OU has got a player on their roster right now that played at one of our future opponents um, on this schedule last year before 
Uh, he transferred there from Oklahoma. So we have no idea what these teams, rosters, coaching staffs are going to look like. Um, but I think from a general standpoint, if you just look at them, um, like I'm sure everybody nationally is looking at, at OU schedule and going, loss, loss, loss. Welcome to the SEC, dumbass. You, see, so you got what you wanted, huh? Yeah. OU's had seven bad seasons since 1947. I'm not really concerned with we're going to be the Nebraska of the SEC or any of that bullshit you've seen. Um, I mean, Red Dirt Sport put that guy in a coffin by saying you have no understanding as to how, why OU was good. I'm not concerned with looking at that schedule and thinking about win-loss record. OU will either win in the SEC early, and, I mean, there is some precedent for that. Texas A&M won early in the SEC, and they're Texas fucking A&M. <laughs> Missouri went to the SEC championship two years in a row, and – yeah, I, I get that they were in a weaker division, but they still won at a high clip in a new conference. So there's no reason why OU or even Texas can do the same thing. So we'll either win early and everyone's going to be excited and we'll be ahead of schedule, or we won't win a lot of these games early. And OU being one of the eight, nine, ten schools nationally that can actually look themselves in the mirror and ask and say, like, why is this not working? How, what can we do? How can we fix this? and then actually put words to action and make the necessary changes and then get back to being good again. Like OU has done that before. They've had literally seven bad seasons since 1947. So I'm not worried. I'm just more excited for um, exciting games. I'm excited for games that will matter in the hearts and minds of people nationally more so than OU Iowa state or OU Kansas state. Um, and I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place, so I'll let someone else talk, but <laughs> It's exciting, but at the same time, it's still far away, and OU still has a lot of work to do in front of them in this conference in the Big 12. So, Matt, as somebody who's, uh, you know, so involved with radio and everything right now, I mean, I got to imagine that, uh, you know, this kind of thing is going to have uh, – going to be filling the airwaves tomorrow, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be very good, uh, <laughs> very good filler uh, for the next couple of days, to be honest, probably. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I'm just – I'm excited. I mean, I posted uh, this year's – schedule for OU side by side with the SEC schedule. And it's just like, it's going to ramp up quick. Like it is going yeah. to ramp up very, very quickly. Um, but I, I mean, I'm excited for it, man. Like, who, who wouldn't be excited having Bama come to Norman, you know, Tennessee, like, I mean, we all remember uh, the Baker Mayfield games against them, like the, those thrillers. Um, and then away, away days or nights at death Valley, in the Grove, man, that's going to be, um, that's going to be an awakening uh, and kind of eye-opening experience for OU fans, I'm sure, um, in a, in a good way, uh, hopefully. So, uh, excited about that, man, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's going to ramp up very, very quickly. Yeah, very quickly. So, uh, one thing that, uh, you know, of course, naturally everybody's kind of comparing OU schedule and Texas side by side. I, I don't know. Do you guys have a sense? I mean, do you guys feel that like, I mean, they're kind of consensus and not surprisingly from OU fans is that, uh, Texas actually ended up getting the easier draw here. What do you guys think? Uh, Barry or Brady? Sorry. God. Sure. That's fine. <laughs> um, I'm at Barry Tram. Oh, I can be him too. That'd be great. Um, it is what it is. You know, um, there are going to be years where the draw is better. There's going to be years where the draw isn't as good. 
Um, OU fans understand that right now. Um, when we looked at the 2022 schedule before we knew how good or bad this team was last year, we kind of looked at the schedule thinking like, hey, this is pretty nav- easy to navigate with a first-year head coach, um, a new staff, and a lot of new players, right? Um, well, we nobody saw TCU be that good, even though they had probably the luckiest season this side of 2000 Oklahoma. They had the luckiest season, hmm. um, but they were still really good. Um, nobody thought that Kansas State would be that good. Nobody thought that Texas Tech would be as salty as they were. Um, things happen. So it might look like just from the helmet school factor that, oh, they get to play Mississippi or Mississippi State and Kentucky and Vanderbilt. Meanwhile, oh, he's got to play like Death Valley, um, Auburn on the road, the Grove, like all these tough environments that people have seen over the last 10, 15 years in the SEC that have just been exciting environments. Um, I mean, who, who knows? Ole Miss might be might be in 2024, they might be parting ways with Lane Kiffin or Lane Kiffin might make a lateral move because that's all he does. Um, he might be gone. Um, we have no idea what Tennessee, I mean, I know this is going to be a home game, but we have no idea what Tennessee is going to look like, even though Josh Heupel and the Vols had a really good season last year. Are they able to maintain that? So I think from the helmet school factor, yes, we got the toughest schedule and one of us had to play Bama and one of us had to play Georgia and pick your poison i think from a game day atmosphere standpoint and a fan relationship standpoint i think ou fans 10 out of 10 would choose bama over georgia and without you know even thinking about how georgia is really good right now compared to even i mean even though alabama is still awesome um I, i think just in terms of fan friendliness this is gonna this could this could have the potential if ou really does well in the sec for the next few decades OU Alabama fans, that could be like the next, this generation's OU Nebraska fan rivalry. I hope so. Enjoy great food and drinks at the original Norman Hotspot and its first cocktail bar. Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails is our choice for quality meals and drinks to enjoy the next time you're looking for a great night out. With locations in historic downtown Norman on Main Street and the Paseo Arts District in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma fans from all over the metro can enjoy Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails. Also, be sure to pick up or ask about Scratch's ready-made old-fashioned cocktail at your local wine and spirit store. Take the best Scratch concoction home to sit on your lounge chair and continue listening to this episode scratch kitchen and cocktails great food drinks and atmosphere yeah i mean as the old guy here like i remember the 2002 2003 series uh what that was like with bama here and i mean the did you energy, go to those games uh no, i mean i went to the 2002 game not 2003 the one in uh Puscaloosa, i did not but uh funny funny story i was actually at a notre dame game that day as a matter of fact so uh, but the 2002 game, yeah, and the it it's hard to I, I can't really explain the energy that Bama Nation brought to Norman, you know, for really like five days. I mean, they started showing up on like Monday or Tuesday in their RVs for the game. So, uh, I mean, it was a, it was a really fun two games back to back were both you know thrillers. I mean, it's uh that part of it, you know, and and obviously Alabama's in a different place now than they were back then, <laughs> but still, uh, that part of it will be fun. So I don't know, but but Matt, I don't know. Do you think uh has Texas already got the uh, SEC office in its back pocket? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, obviously, right? <laughs> no, I, I just optically, right? What uh, I, I would say, national fans, uh, maybe not in the SEC 
think, you know, optically you're like, what the hell you get Kentucky and Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. But like Kentucky had really hadn't been a slouch these, these past few years. Like they've been, they've been worth a shit more recently than, than Missouri, like, to be honest with you, like Kentucky has. So I don't know. I feel like the Kentucky, Missouri, Vanderbilt, I feel like they're all, oh, well, Vanderbilt's probably in its own tier at the bottom. And then, like, you have Kentucky and Missouri on that, like, next tier up. So, just as far as that, yeah, but it's still going to be a tough schedule, even though they have both Kentucky and Vanderbilt on it. Like, I'm not not going to sit here and say that it's not going to be tough. But just optically, yeah, optically having Kentucky and Vanderbilt on the schedule at the same time, yeah, they paid someone off. I will say though, I mean, I, I hate to defend Texas here, but if I'm a if I'm as diehard of a Texas fan as I am an OU fan, I would say, well, yeah, we we got lucky on our first draw in the SEC, but we've basically had to play the best team in the SEC two years going into the conference, yeah, right. whereas OU got to skip out on Georgia. Yeah. Now what would that Georgia game had done for that six and seven team last year? Maybe it would have <laughs> opened our eyes much sooner in the season than it, um, than they were open probably after the TCU loss um, in late in mid or whenever that was in Oct- early October. Um, you know, I kind of get it. Like they've had to play Bama. Now they're going to be playing them two years in a row and then go right into Georgia. So, um, yeah, I mean, I hate to defend Texas, but um, so be it. Again, like, I think tougher schedule is just we will find things out, no pun intended, sooner than Texas will. Mm. And we are either going to be on schedule, hopefully if we nail down this uh, recruiting class, especially on the defensive line for 24, and these guys develop in the program, we'll find things out. And if they're not up to snuff, then changes can be made. That is a good point. The one I do have a a gripe about is – Texas A&M. <laughs> Texas <laughs> yeah, A&M yeah. doesn't have to play Bama, Georgia, Tennessee. Like <laughs> they don't I would have, love they for them to basically be it. like I would love for them to have like an 07 Missouri season or I guess 07 Kansas season cuz I think that Kansas they didn't play us and they didn't play Texas, I don't think. Even though Texas was kind of down in 07, they still had Colt McCoy, but um, I would love for them to have like an 07 Kansas season. And instead of like winning like the Orange Bowl like they did, but just getting absolutely slapped in the face in some big game when they think that they're actually up like up to par with somebody, it's like right. no, you didn't play anybody, and, and that that deserves its own trophy. You're in the SEC with 16 teams and you didn't play anybody. Like shame on you. Yeah, yeah, you know uh, that's one too where kind of like with Jimbo Fisher, you know, I mean, now you wonder, well, do it, would it be worth if he, if he, let's say they, they flop again this year, like, would it be worth canning him? Or do you think, okay, well, you know, we've actually got kind of an easy season coming up here. So why switch horses like midstream? I don't know. That'll be uh that'll be interesting to watch, but you know, returning back to the Texas thing too. The other thing to keep in mind is they've got a non-conference game at Michigan and also next year. And, uh, <laughs> You know, the other thing to keep in mind, too, is they said that they, you know, they built these around the idea of trying to maintain competitive balance. And, like, let's be honest, man, for the last decade plus, I mean, OU's been far, far superior to Texas. So, I mean, it would make sense that Texas would get the easier draw from from that standpoint. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of, I guess, you know, the uh, maybe kind of the incidentals here or the, uh, you know, lateral consequences 
Oh, he's got a huge recruiting weekend coming up. I got to imagine that uh, this is going to be the first thing that uh, that coaching staff is talking about with those guys. I mean, no doubt. I mean, this has been this has been like the whole thing since I and I I was actually trying to remember the writer's name from the Houston Chronicle that just kind of casually put the story out for the very first time that OU and Texas are joining the SEC, and everybody just like flipped through their timeline, going, "Is this?" what what is this (laughs) um from that moment on it was like yeah we are going to recruit with this now because we can say um and the interesting thing i guess going back a little bit um to what you were saying alan about texas a&m that's going to be something that i'm that's going to be like an off the field narrative that i'm excited to kind of watch how quickly does a&m lose their recruiting momentum because i mean mid eighties up to the late nineties texas a&m was a they were a good program um they recruited really well but I mean, once Texas got their stuff together with Mac Brown, then once OU got things rolling with Bob Stoops, their recruiting rightfully dropped off because they were now recruiting over two huge juggernauts in their own backyard and in their own conference. So now that they don't get to have the unique kind of branding as the only Texas school in the SEC, and they'll they're going to be recruiting against us and the University of Texas, I wonder if that's going to really start showing itself. And you've got to you got to think that if Texas. I mean, I don't want them to, I, I don't really wish them well, but with that schedule in 24, if they're on their current trajectory and that schedule remains to um, to be uh, fairly easy to navigate, I, I mean, A&M, even with Jimbo Fisher, without Jimbo Fisher, like they're going to find out like what life was like in, in the Big 12 um, or just at least remember what life was like in the Big 12 in the last 10 years for them. But um, that's something I'm excited to see, but um, in terms of OU recruiting, it's just, you know, it's something that they can use. The only thing is, is they, they're getting a little bit further and further away from the goodwill portion of recruiting with a new staff. They need to start putting down some results on the field. And that's why 23 in the big 12 in the boring big 12 with this boring schedule, a very winnable schedule. It's still very important for the future. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, you know, another six and seven type year and, uh, <laughs> man, that recruiting is going to start falling off pretty quickly. I have a feeling there uh, come November, December, but uh, I don't know, just kind of, you know, we've gone about 20 minutes here, but you know, I don't know, like any kind of parting thoughts, Matt, or any, anything that really sticks out to you based on uh, what what we saw today. Yeah. uh, My, my first thought was, thank goodness there's a 12 team playoff Um, (laughs) because and looking at the these SEC schedules, man, it's like if you go nine and three, like that's gonna be, yeah, like damn good, like good on you, good job. You made you kind of made it through yeah. that gauntlet. You earned a spot in the playoff, um, and and it's just it feels like it's going to be what like five SEC teams in every year, like, I mean, at this point, like at, at least five sec teams you know throw in like three big 10 schools and then let the rest kind of figure it out right <laughs> like, like a pac 12 champ a big 12 champ whatever um acc champ and uh if notre dame notre dame will always probably sneak in there like every other year um and then just get annihilated in round one <laughs> um but no i uh that was my thing my big thing was yeah thank goodness there's a 12 team playoff um i mean not only for you know OU's sake but like 
the rest of the SEC. I mean, like Sands, probably like Bama and Georgia, because where they're at right now, they're going to get in pretty much on merit alone, and they're they get the best players. So yeah, uh, but for like for the rest of the SEC, man, it's like yeah, we're going to need at least like three more spots in this in this playoff <laughs> because this schedule, especially when it goes to a nine game or if it goes to a nine game conference schedule, man, that is going to be a uh, yeah an absolute gauntlet. So. You know, that was my thing, uh, but excited, man. Just really excited mm-hmm. uh, to see this. It's like, it's just, I got a little bit of a taste, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit of a taste of the SEC with this. Uh, I'm, I'm ready for uh, ready for the whole thing. Yeah, there was just something about seeing all those helmets, man. Like when they opened yeah. up to the show tonight, I was like, golly, man, this conference is going to be crazy. I felt a little dirty watching Paul Feinbaum, <laughs> too. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. no. I'm going to have to actually pay attention to this guy. And like trying to figure out who those people sitting around the set were, you know, (laughs) like Takeo Spikes, like, huh? (laughs) But, you know. Takeo Spikes played, he played on those, uh, he was at Alabama, right? Am I thinking of the right guy? Auburn. Auburn. He was at Auburn, yeah. Well, I was going to say, because you'd mentioned the 0203 Alabama game. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like those Alabama teams, they were under probation and they didn't have, you know, good seasons, quote unquote. Go back and look at those rosters. Yeah. Like, look at the roster that OU played in those games, and it'll make a lot of sense why an OU team that was competing for national championships had such a tough day with an Alabama team that didn't sniff an SEC championship game in those two years. That that Those rosters are littered with all pro NFL players. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. Those guys were enormous. I remember thinking, yeah. like, you know, I mean, OU's a national championship caliber team, and Looking at the roster, I was like, the other side, I was like, I don't see much difference between these. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but um, I mean, my my big question is just thus, like in terms of competitiveness, um, because we've all seen all kind of basically shared how tough OU's twenty four schedule now looks. Who got bent over the barrel more, OU or the California schools in the Big Ten with their scheduling? Because <laughs> yeah, the Big Ten just played. UCLA and USC so bad. Yeah, that it's looks like, rough for them. <laughs> Say hello to Champaign, Illinois in November. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sunny West Coast little losers. Those trips to Rutgers and Maryland, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, yeah. All right. Yeah, well, you know what? You've got to yeah. run the football in the Big Ten, and so Lincoln Riley's going to have to. You know, he's got to look himself in the mirror and go. You know, you got that lead, son. Got to run the football. I don't want to, but you got to. Well, we'll see if he's uh, if he if he actually makes the move. <laughs> you know, the, the Chargers be... job might be uh, looking yeah. looking pretty enticing there at the end of the year. So I don't know. It'll but, be fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. Well, hey, just a couple quick things. Uh, you know, I'm I've actually moved over. I'm going to be writing exclusively now for uh, the through the keyhole Patreon account. So. You know, if you're not one of our subscribers, um, make sure to go ahead and sign up, I guess, if that if that's an enticement. If not, I apologize, guys. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, man, also make sure to leave us uh, one of those uh, five-star reviews wherever it is you get your podcasts and visit uh, all of our sponsors. And I think with that, we just have one thing left. Uh, Matt? Boomer. Boomer.